0: Hello, hello, welcome to the Special Needs Parenting SOS podcast. My name is Nadia Tari, and I am a mom of four with my youngest two having special needs. I wanted to create a podcast where other parents who have a child with special needs could come to get some tips, suggestions, and encouragement. So last week, during part one of my kids and I's backstory, I left off with my mom was in the hospital after having a blood clot that went to her brain, causing her to have a stroke and then five seizures. While my mom was in the hospital, I received the call from the endocrinologist at Dornbecker, and she told me the results of the blood work had come back, confirming that Isaiah and my nephew Amir both had the same syndrome called Allen Herndon-Dudley syndrome. Now, my mom ended up making a complete recovery in about three weeks after her stroke. She regained her ability to walk, talk, and feed herself again, which I will forever be so grateful for. I had prayed so much that God would heal her and allow her to have her life back again, and he sure answered my prayer. Now, the next part of this story is when I found out that I was pregnant with my fourth baby. I was hoping and praying it was a girl. I remember praying, Please, Lord, please, please let this baby be a girl. It turns out, with their syndrome, Alan Herndon Dudley syndrome, that it seems to only affect the boys. And I'm not sure why that is, but if it's a girl, The girl doesn't have the effects of the syndrome. She can, however, be a carrier of the syndrome, but she wouldn't have the effects of the syndrome. For some reason, it only affects boys. So I was praying to the Lord that this baby would be a girl. So when I found out I was pregnant, I went in to see the doctor and I said, I want to find out as soon as possible if this baby is going to be a boy or a girl. Because if it's a boy, I just, I would like to know, you know, so that we can mentally prepare ahead of time. To know if we may be facing having two children with disabilities. So that would be, you know, two wheelchairs and double the doctor appointments and double the therapy appointments. So I said, could we just figure out as soon as possible whether it is going to be a boy or a girl, or do I have to wait until I'm like 20 weeks pregnant to find that out? And the doctor said, oh, no, 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 you don't have to wait that long. We can find out much sooner. I think he said we could actually find out the sex of the baby as early as 12 weeks along. I can't remember exactly, but sometime around there. Anyway, I was so happy about that, so my doctor sent me in to see a geneticist, and it took us a little while to actually get to see the geneticist to get in for the appointment, but by the time we finally got in there, oh, quick side note, I guess that they can tell the sex of the baby through blood work, but... They didn't even need to do that, because by the time we got in for my appointment, I was far enough along that they were able to tell the sex of the baby just by doing an ultrasound. I'm thinking I was maybe 14 weeks pregnant at the time, maybe 15 weeks, somewhere in there. So anyways, I remember the lady doing the ultrasound saying, "'It's a boy,' and I said, "'Are you sure it's a boy?' And she said, yes, it is for sure a boy. And when I heard that news, I was so bummed because I was obviously really hoping it was going to be a girl. And then it went straight from being bummed to, oh dear Lord, please don't let this baby have the syndrome. Now, since I have an older son, Elijah, who's 20 years old and he is not affected, He doesn't have the syndrome, and so just because I'm a carrier of this syndrome doesn't mean that every boy that I get pregnant with is going to have the syndrome. It's not a guarantee. It's just a 50-50 chance. It's kind of one of those things where it's just the way it works out. So anyways, once I knew for sure that it was a boy, then I just started praying that he wouldn't get the syndrome that, just like Elijah, that he would be born without having the syndrome. But I found out that they could actually draw from my amniotic fluid, and that they could actually suck it out, kind of like how they test for Down syndrome or other things. You know, they just insert a needle into your stomach and suck out the amniotic fluid, and then they send it away for testing. Well, that is exactly what they did with me except we weren't testing for Down syndrome or anything else. We were specifically testing to see if this baby had the Allen Herndon Dudley syndrome. And there is only one doctor in all of the United States of America who specializes in studying Allen Herndon Dudley syndrome. His name is Dr. Refetoff, and he works out of the University of Chicago. Now, in last week's episode, when I mentioned that we had all had our blood work tested to see what Isaiah and Amir's diagnosis was, that is where we sent our blood work. We sent it to Dr. Refatov at the University of Chicago. So this is where we sent my amniotic fluid. We sent my amniotic fluid to him, and he did the testing there at the University of Chicago, and when we got the results back, yes. In fact, this baby tested positive for having Alan Herndon Dudley Syndrome. It was confirmed. So then it was like, okay. And we were coming to terms with the fact that now both of my younger children were, you know, going to have the same syndrome. And that was that. But then here is where the story takes a little twist. Dr. Refetov contacted my geneticist and asked the geneticist to talk to me and to ask me if I wanted to participate in, well, basically, let's just call it an experiment. So the geneticist sat Scott and I down and basically explained what Dr. Refetov was thinking about injecting this levithoroxone, which is basically a medicine for anyone who has hypothyroidism or something wrong with their thyroid. So Dr. Refetov wanted to inject this levothyroxine directly into my amniotic fluid in hopes that it might help my baby while my baby was developing in the womb. Now, this had never been done before, so it's not like we had any examples to look to, To see, you know, is it worth it? Will it help? If it does help, how much will it help? There were so many unknowns. And it wasn't just that there were so many unknowns. It was very, very risky. Because this needle was like really, really long. And for them to inject it into my womb every single week would put the baby at greater risk for miscarriage or my water breaking and any number of other complications. So it it was definitely something that we had to think about because obviously we didn't want to lose the baby. But on the other hand, if these injections of the levothyroxine could really help the baby, then we should probably do it, right? So there was that time period of trying to figure out what we should do. And then finally, I decided, you know what? Let's do it. Let's do it. If it will help this baby, then we have to do it, right? I mean, that, that's what I was thinking. But then we found out that these injections of levithuroxin put into the purest liquid form were about $650 per injection. And Doctor Refetov wanted me to get an injection every single week for the whole duration of my pregnancy, and I was like, "Wow, huh? Well, there's absolutely no way. I mean, we totally can't afford that. Six hundred and fifty dollars every single week for the duration of my entire pregnancy, and so then I had to say no." because we just simply couldn't afford it. And I felt really bad because I would have loved to have gotten those injections, but it was simply not something that we could afford. Well, then Scott went and called his parents and was saying, you know, so this is what's going on, this is the situation, blah, blah, blah. And they said, oh my goodness, she absolutely has to do it. If there is a chance chance that these injections could help this baby, that is our grandchild, and we'll pay for it. And Scott was like, no, that's a lot of money. We can't do that. And they just insisted. And so then Scott came home. He was talking to me about it, and I said the same thing that he had said earlier. I was like, no way. That's way too much money. We can't have them pay for it. But then he said, should we let our pride get in the way of our baby potentially potentially having a better life. And when he worded it like that, it made me feel like, oh, wow, I guess that is kind of selfish. I mean, I shouldn't let my pride get in the way if it really could help our baby. So we decided to go ahead and let his parents pay for the injections in the hope that it would help this baby. So then I went in every single Friday and it was extremely painful But I did it anyways because obviously it was worth it to take the chance that it might be able to help our baby. And so week after week, I went in and got the Levis injections. And that is where I'm going to wrap up for today. Next week, I will be back for part three of my kids and I's backstory to share about the results of what happened from me getting those injections. So stay tuned and I will see you back here next week. Oh, just a quick reminder, I will be releasing a new podcast every Monday and look forward to sharing tips and suggestions to help make our lives easier and remove some of the overwhelm and stress. Also, I would love to invite you to join my private Facebook group strictly for parents who have a child with special needs to get the support, encouragement, and connection that we all need. So if you'd like to join, the name of my private Facebook group is called Special Needs Parenting SOS. Looking forward to connecting with you. Have a great day.